Hello, and welcome to our daily reflection, entitled Completely Gods. I'm Frances Shoesmith, and I'm the hub leader in North East Wigan. The reading is taken from 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 1 to 30, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. One day Samuel said to Saul, it was the Lord who told me to anoint you as king of his people Israel. Now listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I have decided to settle accounts with the nation of Amalek for opposing Israel when they came from Egypt. Now go and completely destroy the entire Amalekite nation. Men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, donkeys. So Saul mobilised his army at Telaim. There were 200,000 soldiers and 10,000 men from Judah. Then Saul and his army went to a town of the Amalekites and lay in wait in the valley. Saul sent this warning to the Kenites. Move away from the Amalekites or you will die with them. For you showed kindness to all the people of Israel when they came up from Egypt. So the Kenites packed up and left. Then Saul slaughtered the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, east of Egypt. He captured Agag, the Amalekite king, but completely destroyed everyone else. Saul and his men spared Agag's life and kept the best of the sheep and the goats, the cattle, the calves and the lambs, everything in fact that appealed to them. They destroyed only what was worthless or of poor quality. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am sorry that I ever made Saul king. For he has not been loyal to me, and he has refused to obey my command. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Someone told him Saul went to the town of Carmel to set up a monument to himself. Then he went on to Gilgal. When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's command. Then, what is all the bleating of sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle that I hear? Samuel demanded. It's true that the army spared the best of the sheep, goats and cattle, Saul admitted, but they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. We have destroyed everything else. Then Samuel said to Saul, Stop. Listen to what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you? Saul asked. And Samuel told him, Although you may think little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel and the Lord sent you on a mission and told you go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, goats, cattle and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices, or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft, and stubbornness as bad as worshipping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Then Saul admitted to Samuel, yes, I have sinned. I have disobeyed your instructions and the Lord's command, for I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. 
but now please forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel replied, I will not go back with you. Since you have rejected the Lord's command, he has rejected you as king of Israel. As Samuel turned to go, Saul tried to hold him back and tore the hem of his robe. And Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to someone else, one who is better than you. And he who is the glory of Israel will not lie, nor will he change his mind, for he is not human that he should change his mind. Then Saul pleaded again, I know I have sinned, but please at least honour me before the elders of my people and before Israel by coming back with me, so that I may worship the Lord your God. So Samuel finally agreed and went back with him, and Saul worshipped the Lord. They say that every person has a weak spot in one of three broad areas, money, sex or power. For each of us, one of those temptations, or maybe two, will most likely be the cause of us failing at some point. Take King David. Sex was his downfall, although God restored him. Come back on Saturday to learn more about that juicy story. For Ananias and Sapphira, it was money. They tried to keep back part of the proceeds of the land they sold. And God stopped them in their tracks. You can read about them in Acts chapter 5. In today's passage, we see Saul's weakness. His desire for both profit and power doesn't just trip him up. He loses his kingship because of it. The Amalekites were not just the enemy. They had a long-standing reputation for cruelty and viciousness. They would attack the back of the caravan so that the first killed were the women and children. God asked Saul to wipe them out completely. That adverb is used nine times in some translations. Saul may be king, but he's not the king. He's accountable to the king who made him king. But this is the day he forgets that. Saul decides that he can do the wiping out and make a bit of money too. Annihilation gets adjusted slightly. He hangs on to the best livestock. Killing them too doesn't make economic sense, does it? He can use them as sacrifices, save a bit of money that way. And then to make matters worse, he decides to take the credit for the not quite annihilation and goes and sets up a monument in his own honour. Samuel arrives and Saul then adds lies to all the rest of his sins that day until Samuel points out that the bleating sheep have rather given the game away. God has had enough and Saul pronounces judgment. Saul's kingdom will be taken from him and his family completely and be given to someone more worthy. Saul's money and power were completely from God and he took them away when Saul forgot that. It's easy for us to look at Saul's downfall and see it as an ancient story of a king in a foreign land that has little to teach us. But all we are and all we do is completely God's like Saul. We are all called by God completely just like Saul. We are all given skills and talents completely just like Saul. And like Saul, we all have our weak points. It might be money or sex or power or something linked to one of those. It's worth being aware of what our weaknesses are or we'll find out the hard way like Saul did. A desire for power might, in particular, be less easy to spot. It might come across as feeling that we're indispensable 
and wanting others to know that we are. It might come across as wanting to be liked by everyone, and so we end up avoiding unpopular decisions, being a bit of a yes person. Or it might be that the power translates into craving attention or influence, maybe posting on social media and waiting for the likes and positive comments. If we ever end up thinking that the skills or talents or material wealth or success that we have is because of how completely brilliant we are, rather than how generous God is, then at some point we will come a cropper. King David is completely aware of this when he presides over the collection of gifts for building the temple. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. Can we take some time today to thank God completely for all that he's given us, both the tangible things and the intangible gifts he lavishes on us? Can we take some time to listen again to Jesus' call on our lives, committing once more, completely, to follow his lead, wherever it may take us? We pause. We thank God. We reflect. May we never act like Saul. May we never let God down in the way that Saul did. May we always remember from whom comes all that we have. Amen. We close our reflection by praying together. Together with the disciples of Jesus across the Diocese of Liverpool and beyond in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. May the Lord bless us. Thanks be to God. <laughs>